Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, and we are picking up on a theme we started last week, had to do with sports and aggression, and uh, we decided that uh, near the end of the podcast last time, last week, that we would talk about sports parents, and I think this is going to be a great topic, and uh, Michael raised it, says he gets this question all the time, so I'm guessing there's a lot of really interesting things Michael has to share with us today. Um, we are glad to be coming to you. Again, this is the Wonder of Parenting Podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And we have a website called wonderparenting.com. And that's where you can send questions to us, wonderparenting.com. It's also where you can find links uh, to the resources that Michael has written, some that I've written, and links to our sponsors. Our first sponsor is the Center of Place of Hope with Dr. Greg Jantz. They're up in the Seattle area. And uh, as we say often, Greg has written many, many books. Almost any kind of uh, challenge that you faced in life, Greg's written a book about it. And they're always really good books, very practical, based in good science. And their, their clinic there up in Seattle is one of the best in the country. So if you ever need help, just check them out. That's the Center of Place of Hope on wonderparenting.com. And Michael's been working with a, an organization called The Forge School, doing great work with boys. So, Michael, tell us more about that. Yeah, The Forge School, 14 to 17-year-old boys. So it's for 14 to 17-year-old boys, residential treatment. They use adventure therapy and, of course, all of the ther therapeutic frameworks. Uh, they have a, a really good um, group there great staff, and the facility is uh, wonderful. It's 55 acres, great facility, every every sport available, you know, everything. I mean, it's just a great place to go to school. It's um, it's about two months, you know, between six weeks and maybe two and a half months of, of what's called uh, short-term. So um, they would be there boarding those boys and working with the staff. Uh, so go to wonderparenting.com and click the Forge link, and then the website opens up for all of what they do. So what started this topic for today was a question we had last week about sports and aggression. And a mom was writing in about her four-year-old boy who's playing soccer. And this particular team seems to be a little uh, sensitive to too much aggression. And so she was asking the question, shouldn't sports be about aggression? And Michael talked about the difference between aggression nurturance and empathy nurturance. And uh, Michael, just give us the the uh, Cliff Notes version: aggression nurturance versus nur uh, empathy nurturance. Yeah, empathy nurturance is more direct. I see you are hurting. I I kind of stop what I'm doing to help you. Uh, tell me how you feel. Can I get you a band aid? You know what what do you need right now? You are hurting. So that's direct empathy nurturance. Aggression nurturance is more. Um, uh, I'm going to challenge you. And even though you might be hurting a little, I'd be saying, come on. Come on, you know, you can do it. You can do it. I'm using I'm using the framework of the sport as aggression nurturance because it's an aggression competitive game. Uh, and I want you to get back in that game. And the way I nurture you 
toward purpose and toward service and toward mission and toward skill. The way I nurture you is by putting you back into the aggression game, allowing it to stop and, um, and, and you being able to sort of go, Hey, I'm hurting right now. Um, and so aggression nurturance tends to focus a lot on resilience building, on skill building, uh, you know, purpose development, service of others, um, uh, empathy nurturance, uh, you know, I think teaches all those things, but it's not emphasizing those. What it's really emphasizing is trying to calm down, trying to get the person who is hurt to a sense of equilibrium again, um, homeostasis, so that the emotions are calmed and that person can feel better. And that's more of, and that's equally valuable. Empathy nurture is, is equally valuable. Aggression nurturance is equally valuable. Every child needs a combination of both as we raise them. And, and so sports is more aggression nurturance than empathy nurturance. And then as we were talking last week, we began to ask the question, how, how do parents sort of decide uh, where to put their kids? You know, do they want it to be highly competitive? Uh, do they want it to be just sort of a fun group? Uh, and what do we do with these parents whose goals and purposes for their kids on the team are sort of at odds where some of the people on the team, hey, we're just having a fun time here. And others are saying, I'm trying to get my kid ready for the NFL or for uh, soccer leagues or whatever it might be. Right. Right. So um, talk a little bit about let's let's start with our own personal experiences coaching. Uh, And uh, Michael, start start with you. You've had two daughters. You had a chance to coach them a little bit. Talk about that experience and, you know, particular, if you have any memories of parents who were being those kinds of parents, for example. Yeah. Yes. I, and I, I think I was a combination of both the good and the bad. Uh, I, I was, I was, uh, and, and the bottom line for us who are on the bad side of the sport parent, we always have to remember that our fear of failure, our sense of failure, our own sense of inadequacy our own issues are coming through when mm. we are yelling and screaming at our child and and or the other children out there on that field or on that court. Uh, and we have we have to have that awareness. And it's hard in the moment to have it. But when we go back home, we go and, and our spouse says, you know, you you were too loud or, you know, that was not appropriate. Um, this is just eight year olds or something like that. <laughs> you know, right. we who are that parent. Who, who can't have the self-awareness while we're there because our adrenaline's going and our cortisol and all that, we have to then later go, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, that was my own fear of failure, my own sense of inadequacy that I projected onto my child. Uh, so that, I think, is the bottom line on sports parents that they don't under, well, what we're calling these negative sports parents, that they don't understand about themselves. And I had to come to understand it because I did a lot of that. <laughs> I copped to it. My kids still talk about how, you know, sometimes, Dad, you were way too loud. And and that wasn't, you know, you did not have to, it did not have to go after me for that. Or you did not have to go after that person for that. So I'm copying to it. And what it helped me is to hopefully pass this on and help others that it's about failure and inadequacy and and we don't realize it. And some of it comes from the fact that when that a lot of the parents who who are yelling at the kids who are being these negative sports parents, a lot of the you know, a lot of them 
they fit into two general categories. One, they played sports and they right. were good at it, but maybe didn't get to the level they wanted to get to. Right. So they're, they're projecting that inadequacy uh, and that failure onto the kids and don't realize they're doing it. Uh, or the other is they didn't play sports or play very little, don't really understand it. And uh, and here have the opportunity to try to make their child really competitive and really good. And they themselves don't really understand as parents. Well, no, you know, it takes incredible patience and you it's not going to happen. You, you know, and yelling at them doesn't really help. And, you know, so you you have these groups of parents who bring this stuff onto the kids and, um, you know, and hopefully we'll have self-consciousness later and we'll listen to the people around them later and then we'll come back at it. And I had to evolve as a coach because when I first started out, I was more on the negative side and I think grappling with, you know, these things I just described. And as I came to understand them, then the latter half of my coaching career of my kids, I was better. You know, I just wasn't yeah. as crazy and impatient and, and all of that. So that was, that would be the first big thing I would say that I would ask people to consider. Uh, I'll stop there. Yeah, what do yeah. You think? It your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, yeah, good. It, it, I'm a little bit different in that um, I wasn't super athletic when I was a kid. Um, I think uh, I played T-ball when I was a kid. I think I was the only kid who ever struck out in T-ball and <laughs> I was, I was just not very good. Uh, and then I played basketball. I was okay in high school. Uh, did a lot of bench sitting, uh, had one great game in my career, but you know, so I was okay. So when I had the opportunity to coach my, my son and my daughter and my brother joined me with his three boys, we were, we did a T-ball team together um my approach was uh, you know i'm going to treat these kids because they were none of them have played t-ball before i'm going to treat these kids like i want to be treated uh, i wanted to be treated as a kid i wanted someone to teach me how to play i didn't want it to be hyper competitive yet because i didn't know how to play and so we just created that sort of environment on our team and uh you know we wanted every kid to have a chance to play and we you know every as i said in the last podcast we didn't keep score everybody got to hit the ball and run to base now they could get out but we didn't keep track of outs uh so when it came to me watching my own kids in some sports i i wasn't quite the michael gurian per, uh, parent at that point you know because <laughs> right. i was a bit more i knew my own limitations as a kid and kind of what i wish i would have had not being that athletic kid. Um, however, I do understand the hyper-competitive nature of sports. And I'm very competitive when it comes to sports itself. Um, you know, my teams, 
Uh, I'm hyper competitive. And even when I'm watching my grandson play football, uh, I feel the hyper competitiveness coming out in me. And, and uh, well, wait a minute, how come their team has guys six feet tall and my grandson's team, they're all under four feet. Well, how, well, how is that fair? And then, you know, the call was bad and you can start getting up in the competitiveness of it pretty easily yeah. and lose track of, uh, you know, maybe some of the other things that are happening, but at the same time, it is a competitive game. And I recognize how important it is to teach our children how to win and also how to lose. And we don't do a good job of teaching them how to lose anymore, uh, or even win for that matter. Everything seems to sort of be, you know, the participant medal and so on. But life is about winning and losing and finding your way through those things. And when you lose, to figure out, you know, how to do better the next time. And when you win, to figure out how to be gracious in that and build on your success. So I recognize all of that, how important that was. And so even though I wasn't yelling and screaming like Gurian was, <laughs> you know what, everybody, I still understand the competitive nature of it. Yeah. And, um, and so I think we both represent, in that sense, the, the, for lack of a better word, these two different kinds of parents, right? right? You've got the parents who want their kids to just have a really good experience and learn skills. And then you've got the parents who really want their kids to do some competition and get themselves ready for potential sports in high school or college or even a, a career. How do you bring those two different expectations together is the challenge uh, for yeah. a lot of parents. And I think good coaches do. I, I think, I mean, you're really right about this. And the good coach is standing between these two. The good coach, and of course, the age matters. Um, yes. Let's let's pick an age. I'm going to, I'm remembering when I coached my kids who were 10. Okay. So a good coach of 10-year-olds knows that they're on the cusp, right? That they, they've got some hormones coming in. Their bodies are growing. That makes them both awkward and can give them better skill and better balance and all these things. So, okay, I can have higher expectations of them. But at the same time, uh, you know, I still want them to have fun. It's still just a game for 10-year-olds. I want them to have fun. And within the context of that, I'll help them to, I'll be empathic with them when they lose. And I'll help them to win in a classy way, you know. Yeah. And, and so I think that good coach combines the two. Uh, helps them to be competitive, but also understands who they really are. And, um, and, and even if the reality is that that coach often coaches or a coach often coaches a losing team, uh, you know, even kids, I mean, I have my daughters, you know, they, there was a coach that wasn't so good, but they remember that fondly because even though the coach wasn't incredibly skilled, um, he had a good manner with them and, and helped yeah. them to feel good about themselves so I would love to see the coach come in in the middle, <laughs> not be yeah. me. And I don't know. I mean, you were good, but not be well, me, but take the competitiveness. <laughs> the thing I was good yeah. at was trying to get them to compete. Yes, uh, you know, the right. resilience building I was good at, but I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't that good at being empathic. <laughs> well, and again, the, the team is going to be different. The league is going to be different. The expectations. And I, I sometimes wonder if, if parents sometimes aren't quite sure what the expectations are for the team that their son or daughter's joining, or they maybe need to think through what are the expectations for my son. So I call it the American Idol Syndrome, where we've got all of these parents who think that their child is the next star on American Idol and their child can't carry a tune. Uh -huh. And the same happens in a lot of sports leagues 
where you've got parents who think that their son or their son in this case is the ticket to the NFL, but their son doesn't have any capacity to play football at all. And so the parents sort of put this pressure on the kids. And uh, I think about my, my grandson, who's, who's very athletic. One of them is very athletic. One's not athletic at all. He's very athletic. He needs to be on a team with other athletes, mm-hmm. right? At this point, in his, he's 10 years old. He doesn't need to be on a team where they're learning skills anymore. He needs to be on a team where he can compete with athletes who are at his level. Right. Or he's going to be frustrated. His parents are going to be frustrated. Where my other grandson, if he wanted to play football, which he doesn't, he wouldn't be on a team like that. He'd just be blown away. He should be on a team where they're learning fundamentals and they're just having fun. It's an intramural sport. So how do we help parents sort of be realistic about their kids, be realistic about their expectations and recognize that sometimes mom or dad, you're putting expectations on your kid that can be really difficult for your child or even embarrassing for your child. Yeah, embarrassing is a good word. Yeah, I I wrote a book back about 15 years ago um, that I think is still current, universal, called Nurture the Nature. And it was about yes. a child's core personality, and it kind of helped parents to assess, who is this child that I that I have built and I have you know birthed? Uh, who is this child? As this child evolves and grows, who is this child? What is the nature of this child? And if I can understand the core personality and nature of this child, I can nurture that. And you just described... And that's the answer to me. That's the practical answer. Uh, and you've sort of described it. You you described this with the two grandkids, one of whom needs this, because I would say in my language, that fits his nature. He has shown yes. us his nature is he's he wants to skill build, he wants to compete, uh, et cetera, et cetera, um, in that sport. And then who's the other? We understand the nature of this other child. This other child will enjoy it for these reasons, but it's not in his nature to have to compete at that high level. And that's really valuable for parents because if, as parents understand the nature of each of their kids, I they will be able to assess what is right for this child. And if they understand the nature of the child and they find themselves uh, or their spouse says to them, you're pushing this child in a way that is not a fit for this child's nature, then mm-hmm. they ought to back off. And they ought to then think, huh, uh, is this because of my own fact that I failed and I'm projecting that is this because I feel inadequate and I'm afraid that my child will be inadequate. And so I'm projecting, putting that fear onto my child, you know, and that's when we got to do some deep inner work, uh, with our spouse and with ourselves and, and with men's groups or therapists or whoever it is, you know, to, to say, okay, let me figure this out because what I should be doing is nurturing the nature of my child. And let's see if I've strayed from that. So for me, that's the practical strategy uh, that can be universally used. Get together and figure out the nature of this child and then put that child onto the team that fits that child's nature. Yeah. Are you an advocate for pushing kids, even if they're not necessarily athletic, for pushing kids to at least try sports? Yes. Okay, good. So talk a little bit about that. Sports are really good. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports and athletics are really good. And I would say uh, I'm going to bar, I'm going to bracket out a learning different or learning disability or a physical disability. I'm going to bracket that out Um, for in the main. uh, And even for some kids who have disabilities, sports are, are great for the brain. They're great for the body. Uh, sports and athletics are great for the brain, great for the body, uh, because they give the opportunity for the exercise. It's ritualized into the sport, the physical exercise that everybody and brain needs as they're growing. Uh, I'd love to see them two hours a day, you know, moving around, getting exercise at a kind of semi or, or cardio level. Um, and, the, and then it, it uh, provides them with structure which the brain needs and the body needs, wants that structure. It's a, it's a place where things get passed on. So it's a mentoring system. So there are coaches and mentors and parents and it, people are passing on knowledge, skills, a sense of purpose, a sense of service, camaraderie with others. Uh, so what we call co-regulation, which is a word I've used on these podcasts before, it's where we are helping each other to self-regulate because we're co-regulating. We're constantly regulating each other. We're in a community. All of that, you know, and more is what sports and athletics give. And uh, even though like one of my kids certainly and uh, was not very athletic, we absolutely were committed. I mean, we put her into sports um, as early as it felt good for her nature. And um, she benefited from it. And, uh, you know, she's a lawyer now. And I think she learned about competition. I think there's all sorts of things sure. she learned from sports. But the bottom line for us was we know it was healthy for her body and her brain to be in sports. Yeah, it's it's such a good point. And I, in our situation, um, my son, Mike, had really bad asthma as a kid. And so we tried several different sports for him. Um, soccer didn't work because he was on grass and it just mm. made his, his asthma terrible. Uh, he did try a few other things, but he never really got to do sports. And I think he's just thrilled that he's got a son who loves sports because Mike's really competitive. And he's just having great fun watching his son do some things that he was never really able to do. And, you know, he's got a little bit of the competitive nature in him and all the parents do, but they're, but they're sort of a good combination of, you know, we want you to succeed. We want you to be good, but we also, you know, want to do some of the empathy with you as well, which is really healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, My daughter was kind of the same way. You know, she tried a few different sports. Um, And I think that, um, you know, in the end, for both of them, even though they they never were fully invested, just a little bit of a, a time they had was good for them. And I, you know, again, I wasn't a great athlete. In my fourth, fifth, uh, sixth grade, I was on the basketball team. We lost every single game we played <laughs> that year, every single game. I get that. And uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, we were terrible. And the other team on our in our school, same grade, they won every game. So, oh, no. Um, and then, you know, I, but I was on a, a nice basketball team in high school and we went on and won a championship, uh, B squad basketball. And I was a small part of that. It was just great being a part of the team and how mm-hmm. important that was. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, but I, but again, to come back to what you're saying, we need to nurture the nature of our kids. We need to know what they are. And if they're not into sports, there are other venues for them yep. to learn these same things. 
chess club. There are other things that you're also bullish on. For oh example. yeah, absolutely. If yeah. they're not into sports though, they still got to get that two hours of exercise somehow. So, yes. so just, we always want to remember that. Yeah. Not every kid's going to go into sports. And I, I personally think there is a sport out there that any child can try. The parents just have to figure out what it is. Like if they're mm-hmm. not into team sports, maybe try tennis, right? pickleball, you know, find something because, because it teaches all those things. And uh, well, if they have a health problem, I want to back up. If they have a health problem, obviously. Yeah got to bracket that child out that's probably not going to work but but for most kids i'd still like to see parents try it to get all those advantages and and then if they if it doesn't take that's fine just make sure the kid gets those that one to two hours of exercise a day and then meanwhile then will come things like chess club and debate club and yeah i wasn't very good at sports when i was a kid and and i was left out a lot and you know, I was that typical not chosen kid because I was kind of awkward physically and all that. And um, so I did gravitate toward chess debate and band. So where I tended and I'm competitive. So where I took my confidence mm-hmm. competitiveness was band. I wanted to be first year French horn. You know, I finally yep. did it, you know, and then I wanted to be a chess champion. And so I studied chess six hours a day which is wow. which is an addiction i must say i don't recommend it but uh it, these are in my teen years and then i was a debater and so i debated all no. through college and so yeah that's where i took my competitiveness because that is part of my nature um and my parents put me in some sports and i, I was not great at them uh so yeah. the two things we want that you've kind of brought up is or we're bringing up is make sure those kids get that exercise they got to get yes. that two hours of exercise right and then if the sports are not where they're going to get the competitiveness um, or learn to compete, then put them in something else because mm-hmm. this brings up another important point. Um, life in the future, maturation, adulthood, independence, all, all require resilience. And that other great thing that sports and athletics do is they, they do that winning stuff. And I know Mm -hmm. people think that's not a good thing. And maybe for four-year-olds, I mean, I'm fine with four-year-olds not winning and losing. That's fine. But as kids are, you know, developing and their brains are developing and they're moving into pre-puberty and and et cetera, eight, nine, 10, 11, it's time now to start competing Uh, just a little bit, compete some. And then by the time you're, you know, in puberty, be competing more because through competition, uh, all children, male, female, all children are going to gain um, self-motivation, uh, teamwork, the ability to, to be resilient, uh, to be strong, you know, to be tough and yet also empathic. Uh, so if it's chess club that does it or debate that does it, that's what Mm -hmm. it did it for me and band, it wasn't sports for me. Uh, but you gotta, gotta give that competition to kids too. Yeah. I just was reading through, uh, a manuscript, uh, I'd written about dads a couple of years ago and in there, I had a story from Downton Abbey, uh, oh. 2015 story. And, um, Hugh Bonneville, who's sort of the patriarch of the family is playing game with his granddaughter and she's not quite doing it right. And so he starts saying something to her and the women in the room say, it's just a game. Let her do whatever she wants. And he mutters under his breath, how is she ever going to learn how to win or lose? And that was just such a perfect right. example of how we need both, right? That free play, but winning and losing is a part of life. And for me, it wasn't so much on the on the court, although there was some of that. But for me, part of it was music. And, and when I was in music groups, my mom, anytime there was an audition for a solo, Tim, you're going to do it. 
-hmm. Whether you get the part or not, I want you to audition. You need to learn, you know, how to face your fears. You need to learn how to do these things. It's good for you. And and she was right. It was really healthy for Mm me. And sometimes I'd get the part. A lot of times I didn't get the part. But the process of learning, of taking risk, sometimes winning and sometimes losing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hey, this has been really good, Michael. And um, I know that you've you've written about this uh, kind of stuff before. So um, your books, The Minds of Girls and then Saving Our Sons, Mm -hmm. are really good books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And encourage people to check those out. And uh, you can learn more about that, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. And uh, we're going to be back with you next time. And we've got another podcast coming your way. If you enjoy these podcasts, by the way, make sure you tell your friends about them. And again, want to encourage you to head over to our Facebook page. Join that group. It's an exclusive group. It's only people who join the group. And um, it's a chance for you to post your questions and have people interact with you. And Michael and I are going to maybe do a little podcast on there just exclusively for you folks. We'll find a time to do it and you'll see our faces and that may turn you back to that podcast from there on <laughs> out. <laughs> so we look forward to being with you. Again, Michael, thank you. Great topic. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.